Come, Holy Spirit, come like a rushing wind. Stir our faith. Give us courage to believe. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. I wonder if you've ever been in a situation where it seemed there were no solutions, where life seemed impossible. Today, the good news of our gospel is we see Jesus as the prophet that Moses foretold of, who takes a simple offering of five loaves of barley and two fish, and he gives thanks to God for this small offering and then he does a crazy thing he multiplies it he multiplies it to feed 5,000 plus people not just to feed them a little something but to satisfy them and not only to just satisfy them but to then have so many fragments left over that 12 12 baskets were filled with what was left over. And he gathered up those fragments that nothing be lost. I hope that you can see that we worship a God in Christ who's come to transform, to take in our small offerings and transform them to fill a multitude, to satisfy the longing of our souls. It is with such loving care that we hear his, this story today of abundance. It's, it's almost too much to believe, really. Five loaves and two fish feeds 5,000 plus people? Come on now. Really? Carol Ann's shaking her head. Yes, really. Really. Exactly. You know, what gets in the way of believing such a story or even being part of this kind of a miracle is our lack of faith or belief. As I was Listening to the gospel, this sign Bob made caught my eye. It really says it all. Believe. I had to move it so you could see it too. It's so simple and yet not so simple, is it? It's a choice, sometimes day by day, minute by minute. In our gospel today, we find Jesus is gone to the wilderness for a break with his disciples. But instead of much of a break, they've just sat down on the hillside to find a crowd coming. A crowd that is hungry for a miracle, hungry for healing. They are so hungry that they have watched where he was headed and they went the long way around to go and find him. 
And there, once again, Jesus meets the people with compassion. He says to his disciple, where are you going to get some food for these folks? Now, Philip's from this area, and he knows there isn't enough money to get food for all these people, much less how to distribute. Can you hear all the problems and the logistical nightmare? Not with Jesus. He has this way of extending resources and time and order. And what is so lovely that's lost on us as Gentiles if we don't have a great understanding of the Jewish tradition is that throughout this passage are these little, I call them like cliff notes. They're little mentions that behind them have this whole sort of accordion of of meaning. Like when it says that it's around the time of Passover. Well, now it's important to know that the Jewish people come together to celebrate Passover at a regular time every year. It happens to be the month in which the Jewish people were originally delivered from slavery out of Egypt in the middle of the night. And in the retelling over over the Passover meal, there are these symbolic rituals with food, like bitter herbs, reminding them of what the season in their wandering about was like. And they rehearse the story again and again, lest they forget. It is a story of a wilderness time and how God provided for them in the midst of the wilderness with manna from heaven and gave them a prophet leader in Moses. And that he eventually, he kept his promise and delivered them as he continues to keep his promise by bringing the one that Moses said would come, that would be the prophet, that would be the Messiah, the one that they have waited for, the final Paschal Lamb, Jesus. The one who would ultimately deliver God's people for all time. So I find it fascinating that John is telling us in this story of Jesus and the disciples, a very similar setting. They're there in the wilderness. Here are these hungry people seeking God in need of food. And once again, God provides, albeit through the offering of a small child, these five barley loaves that could be representative of the five books of the Torah. Barley, a poor person's meal and there are those remnants that are gathered up into the 12 baskets representing the 12 tribes of Israel nothing is lost in God's economy and Jesus most assuredly has come into the world that all might be brought into a saving embrace that they might be satisfied and find rest in him. 
I find it interesting, this little detail of sit in the green grass on the mountainside. It harkens back a bit to the 23rd Psalm of that he causes me to lie down in green pastures. Do you hear this loving, caring God in the form of a man named Jesus? The question that this gospel story raises for us is just how hungry are we? How desperate are we for a miracle, for an encounter with the living Christ? How desperate are we for healing, for peace, for rest in our souls? I have to say I have been wrestling myself with discouragement. And I was encouraged. My faith was bolstered this weekend as I watched a movie called Faith Like Potatoes. Not tomatoes, but potatoes. It's a true story of Angus Buchanan. It was a Scottish farmer who finds himself in Zambia. And he found God only after trying so hard on his own to grow his farm in the midst of tribal rivalry and uh, farmers being attacked by the natives, discouragement after discouragement, he finally said, okay, God, I'm all in. I'm going to believe your word I'm going to stand on it. And he had just told a friend who had been going through marital problems to trust God no matter what you're facing. That same day, a hailstorm broke out and it totally decimated his crop. But he decided that day to put his hope in God He decided to trust him totally, without reservation. He said, I didn't want to, but I decided to trust God completely. Holding nothing back. And do you know, three days later, just three days, That entire crop of maize just picked itself up off the ground. It's a true story. Now, it was a little bit bent, but nonetheless, it stood up. Now, the maize, at the end of that year, they had a bumper crop, a bumper crop of seed millies. He chose to trust God completely. So I'm challenging you and myself this day. If God can pick up a crop of broken maize and feed 5,000 plus with the offering of a child of 
just five loaves and two fish. How much more might he want to pick us up, pick up our broken hearts, pick up these broken bodies we totter about in, pick up these broken lives. Maybe it's not your life that's broken, but one of your loved ones that is in desperate need of new hope. We know there are many that have gone through Harvey that are in need of that hope. Maybe we stand in the gap for them. But the good news is that this God, this God, in Jesus Christ, he's able to fix whatever is broken. He's able to take our little offering and make more out of it. So I wonder how it is for you. Will you let God take up your broken life today, your broken heart, whatever it is? Will you give it to him? Will you say a simple yes to God? I'm giving you this because I can't fix it. I can't get it right. I can't get the health back totally. I'm just giving it all to you. Will you let God make you into the person that you are made to be? This is my prayer that God would protect and gather each heart represented here and those who are not able to be here and that he would restore and refresh and renew hope in our lives this day and that he would set our faith and our hearts so on fire we would be contagious. Our love for him would be contagious. Set contagion of fire this day, Lord God, for broken hearts to be restored, broken lives to come stand up afresh. All for your glory's sake we pray. Amen. Amen.